You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Dude, I haven't gotten a Funimation gig in a month. Oh, yeah? Ebbs and flows, I imagine, as they get the shows in. Dude, this has been the driest, and I know it has a lot to do with the pandemic, like just not being able to get people in freely, but like... They haven't. They haven't asked asked me to be a part of anything. Like I've auditioned mm. for so much stuff that's come through, yeah. but like I, I've landed nothing. Well, they probably mm. don't want uh, people recognizing the same voices over and over again, right? Although, as I say that, I can think of some people who do do the same voices over and over. Again. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you guys were talking in text about like the the Uncharted series and Nolan North's voice is all over everything. Everything. That yeah. is true. That is true. And this Laura Bailey. Um, Laura Bailey as well. Uh, yep. Is basically attached to every uh, AAA title. What's the one they just announced that she's voicing? Yeah, I don't know. I just read about it the other day. That's some big one that she's. All right, now I gotta look it up. Where's the news? Uh, Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, definitely from The Last of Us Part Two. Am I still the only one who's played that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now, if they want to port those over to PC, that would be nice. (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess that uh, is an option now, right? It sounded like it, yeah. A possibility. Since we're getting uh, Uncharted on PC and uh, something else, I feel like. Here it is. Laura Bailey to play Polina Patrova in Call of Duty Vanguard. That was <laughs> duty. Just announced. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you hear the same voices. If you keep playing games long enough. Indeed you yeah. do. Joe, you were in, yeah, you, you voiced a video game, right? Yeah, I did stuff for, um, uh, for Max Payne. That's what it was. Yeah. Max Payne 3. And it was like Walla Walla the, stuff, right? right. Or you're in the background, or uh, had some lines. I mean, a lot of it was Walla, but I did have some some lines. I did have a, like one or two lines. Uh, we've talked about it before, uh, maybe on the editing bay. But like, yeah, there's there's a part where we kind of flash back to New York City with Max Payne, uh, because the whole I think most of Max Payne three takes place in Florida. But there's a bit that goes back to New York City, and there's a part where he goes into a bar and just starts shooting the bar up, and he's like <laughs> getting to the back door of it. And you hear a voice on the other side, and he's like, I don't give a fuck what you see. The moment that door opens up, I want you to open fire. And that, it's me. That's it's me you. That. That's awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. That's funny. Is that how you did yeah, it, just was, like that? No, I did it. I, I, I'm having to kind of subdue it a little bit because I'm sitting in my kitchen with my kids asleep. Like, children. You're you know, gonna... 25 yards away from me. <laughs> Cursing, uh, doing Max Payne <laughs> voiceover right. takes. Doing, doing my best Sopranos impressions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I like the emotion, uh, Joe, but I'm not really getting the energy. So let's do another take from the top and really just take. let me have it. Really, just, just give it some fucks. You know what I'm <laughs> That's saying? That's right. Just drop some f bombs. Make it authentic. I want your truth. <laughs> How did you know I do? What? You know, if you want, uh, you, you could throw in the uh, the n word if you want because this character is a bit of a racist, and I've received that direction before. And I was like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't need to do that. Uh, funny. I was like, I don't want that on your 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 cutting room floor. Like, I don't want that so- to be something that surfaces. Right, because then we would uh, we would find that soundbite and we would use it. <laughs> Uh, just play it in the background, make you sound like a horrible racist <laughs> on this podcast, which is the 16-Bit Gladiators on the Next Wave Radio Network. I am your co-host every week, Joel, and I'm always joined by Jay Gunn. Hello. Hello, hello. And Joe Cucinati. Once again, hello, Joe. Hello there. For as long as his internet will have him. Um, <laughs> this is our video game-themed podcast where we get together every week uh, to talk about a topic or a genre uh, of video games. Um, you've listened to past episodes. You've heard such uh, goodies as, uh, you know, The Legend of Zelda. We did a whole episode on the series of that. We did a series on um, Star or an episode on Star Wars games. 
back in May the 4th. Um, what did we do? We did Metroidvanias a couple of weeks ago in preparation for uh, Metroid Dread coming out next month. Excited about that. We did our SNES uh, episode yes. last week. Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. of course. That was the big episode last week. Our most downloaded episode yet, guys. Like in the, nice. Uh, I've actually heard about it. Like I've had some friends that have, have listened yeah? to it. Nice. And we're like, man, I listened to that SNES episode. That was fun. Nice. It was a good Excellent. episode. Uh, you can yeah. listen to that episode by uh, going to 16bitgladiators.com. Uh, where you can subscribe to this podcast. We have handy links there uh, to subscribe via uh, Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, any of your, your favorite podcast app. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, 16-Bit Gladiators. And, of course, you can follow us for all the latest uh, on our Twitter handle, at 16-Bit Gladiators. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into our topic, um, I'm going to do a little... A little, uh, little pop culture talk, because uh, this was a pretty big news day as far as pop culture goes. Right. We got uh, some new movie trailers dropped. Uh, Sony, as you were alluding to earlier, Jay, had their little uh, showcase. I say a little, but a couple of big announcements coming out of there. Yes, the uh, Knights of the Old Republic, I guess remake, right? Not a, not a remaster, a remake. Yeah, it says remake. I, uh, I, I read some of that article. I saw that announcement, which is really just like a, a teaser trailer at this point, right? There's no gameplay course, footage. Yeah. That. Just an yeah. announcement. Uh, which makes me think we're like four or five years off from this being a reality. And I know they were making a big deal about, oh, this PlayStation 5 exclusive, which sounds great, except PlayStation 5 will be will have been around for quite a time by the time uh, KOTOR, the remaster, yep. comes out. But yeah, I've, I've never played that one. I've been looking for an excuse to play it. Uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't know. Now, what should I do? Should I wait okay. five years and get a PS5? I would say no. Yeah, no, just do it now. I would say no. Yeah, do it now. Cause yeah, do it now. Even now, like it, it still holds up. Like, of course, it's it's got some jank because it's early, you know, early Bioware and stuff. But if you're if you're familiar at all with like Mass Effect, it's similar in in how it controls and in the uh, it's got that that choice system that uh, that Mass Effect does. So overall, it, you know, it's not like just old school jank it's just <laughs> jank a little bit in in terms of graphic fidelity sure, sure. and it's star wars too so i'm pretty forgiving exactly it was never yeah. it was never the best looking game it was yeah. never yeah no you're right yeah pretty uh polygonal uh even, mm-hmm. and, and i don't remember the frame rate being all that uh, uh high no. from the, the time mm-hmm. I read. it is seriously the story that drives that game yeah, yeah. and it, it does so very well yeah all right well then maybe i uh, i won't wait because what happens if i die between now and then that'd be sad i will have uh, been on this earth without ever playing what some consider the best Star Wars game. I mean, th- there would be other tragedies along with that. You know, I'd be leaving behind my wife for for one. But also, uh, yeah, think of all the Star Wars games I hadn't played yet. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the real tragedy. Yeah. You like don't want to die. The episode one adaptation. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that I could have uh, could have lived without. Got to have your, your, your bucket list, and you got to check off everything. Man. I know, I know. I'm woefully behind. All right, well, I'm going to add KOTOR to it, um, and then we'll just, I'll be ready to play it again when it comes out in 2025, presumably. 2025, yep. Mm-hmm. Or if you die, we can upload your consciousness Ooh, into the Matrix. Now, that's right. Nice segue that's there, Joe. Nice I see what you did segue. there. <laughs> that's right. Boom. Had a new uh, Matrix show. And I know maybe we shouldn't be talking about pop culture because this is supposed to be like a timeless podcast, right? Anybody can listen at any time, but... Uh, Fuck it! This all yeah, happened okay. today, and oh, uh, it's on our minds. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about, it. especially when it's a trailer for the new Matrix movie. Which yes, I I I hadn't known whether to be excited about it because you know sometimes we get these part fours ten years after the fact. 
Uh, and, yeah, and, and it's kind of like mm. really sad. And it's like, was that necessary or was it just a cash grab? And then every now and then yeah. you get like uh, Scream 4. Scream 4 came out like 10 years after Scream 3. And it was Scream great. 4 was great. It's like the second best Scream movie, in my opinion. So uh, I think The Matrix, res- what's it called? Resurrection has the potential to be the second best Matrix movie because uh, I don't know about you guys. I wasn't a fan of uh, parts two and three. Parts two and three, yeah, like. They were they were definitely doesn't, doesn't have a high bar to clear. <laughs> yeah, yes, true. That's true. Yeah, uh, after after the first one, and they came back with two and three, and I was I remember being real excited about them. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, just because that first one was so amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> but man, they just went off the rails. It was yes. surprising. Like, dude, we I remember we went and saw that movie just because it was showing the Star Wars trailer on it. Yep. Like, that's right, I had right. no interest in seeing this Keanu Reeves whoa action movie. Yeah. And then when that story unfolds, my brain melted. Yes. I was just like, What? Wait, what? It was amazing. Uh but yeah. I like this. I know there's a lot of people that think that it's a bad idea for them to come back, but I kind of feel like this is kind of twofold. Like, I think it was so unsatisfying, the conclusion with yes. Neo and Trinity. And yeah. I think that, I think this is going to serve to be a better bookend. Like, this is the end of the story. I, I truly have a feeling that this is the end for Neo and Trinity. Yes. And I'm hoping that it's a way better send off than that third one. Yeah. And, and like you were saying in the, in our, in our uh, text thread that I, I agree. I think you're. I think you're right that this might be kind of like a handing off the torch type of scenario. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, WB they're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna milk this. Yeah, franchise it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It kind of feels like uh, it could be what that fourth Jurassic Park, Jurassic World was, where they kind of no. like we're gonna forget about parts two and part three. They left a bad taste in your mouth. We're gonna kind of do make a direct sequel to the first Jurassic Park, and that's what this kind of feels like. It's got kind of Neo rediscovering himself again. Uh, yeah. uh, presumably, a younger Morpheus shows up, not Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, and you've got uh, Trinities there, and all the characters. Uh, the only person I didn't see was Agent Smith. Uh, well, if- he's not coming back. The, the the actor Hugo Weaving will not be in Matrix Hugo, Four. Hugo Weaving, yeah, Hugo Weaving isn't coming back for it. But will his likeness? Maybe they can just like computer generate him nowadays. That's meta. Yeah, kind of like like what they did with the Avengers. All right, <laughs> so just get that other guy to voice him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I am excited about Jonathan Groff, the guy who plays King George in Hamilton. Mm-hmm, shows up mm-hmm. at the very end of the trailer, and I'm like, "Ooh, who are you supposed to be? Like, this is this is kind of interesting." Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I do think that, it, like like Jay said, like he confirmed, like, I think it's a handing off of the torch. Uh, and and I'm excited about the actor that you guys think might be young Lawrence Fishburne. I think he's just a whole other actor uh, or I'm a whole other so character. Too. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, so, at least. Yeah. But I love this guy. This guy played Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen TV series. Mm-hmm. He's the new Candyman. This guy's a great actor. He's super handsome. Uh, and <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I'm excited, man. I'm just super excited to see what they do with this world. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, yeah. coming out this holiday season, right? On uh, in, in theaters, yeah. and I believe on HBO yeah. Max, which is yep. reason enough oh, to yeah. pony up that twelve bucks or fourteen bucks a month, whatever it is. I don't even know what I'm paying anymore for any of these yeah. services, frankly. I know it's ridiculous. Well, hopefully, uh, it'll be uh, more like Scream Four and less like uh, Indiana Jones Four. Like we don't need <laughs> that. Yes. Please, please. Yeah, excited about that. Uh, One more thing, going back to the Sony uh, thing, uh, they also announced, and well, I think they had already announced it, but now we're seeing gameplay footage of the God of War sequel, Ragnarok. 
uh, coming out, I believe, later next year. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, man, looks uh, just as good as that first one. And uh, it is also a PS5 exclusive, right? Yeah. I mean, they'd be crazy not to. Yeah. yeah. Anybody excited about that? Yeah. No, just me. I'm not a big God of War guy. Really? I never played much God of War. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm I've played I think the first either the first one or the second one. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I wasn't like super into it because you know, at the time it just felt like another one of the, you know, the generic kind of uh, hack and slash yeah, games. It is, ultimately. Um it had a cool mechanic, but it was like Yeah. Okay, you know, I've I've played this a, a million action. times already. Sure. Yeah. Um but I was real intrigued with the with the newest one, the the I guess they just called it God of War, wasn't it? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. It's more story driven, uh, very linear. Yeah, um, exactly. C- 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 cinematic um, and getting away from the over the top kind of moral combat goriness. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. Oh, yeah, played yeah. for 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 comedy. Anyway, looking forward to that one. Absolutely, absolutely. As soon as they get a PS5. Joe, you're going to have to start renting right. out your PS5. Is that ever something you would consider? <laughs> Just doing the old blockbuster? I haven't really hooked up my PS5 mm. more than a few moments at a time to trust, like, out, update or download some, you know, software here and there. Um, it's it's a really big piece of equipment, and it's... <laughs> kind of ugly on the console and yeah. I just need to find some place where I can kind of put it that's hidden that I can yeah. just kind of keep it hooked well, up. Well, uh, you could hide um, it at my house. There's, yeah, <laughs> right. There's plenty I want to play, but the thing is like I couldn't even if I wanted to because I'm still tr- I'm trying to get through this like Final Fantasy marathon. Uh and and so I'm I'm kind of playing everything handheld right now. Yeah, you were doing a little bit of that right before we started recording on your uh, on your PS Vita, yeah. right? No, on my PSP. On your PSP. Which is appropriate yeah. uh, for this episode. There it is. This week uh, is going to be all about handhelds. That's right. All Portables. Mm-hmm. Games, uh, systems that you can hold in your hand, take with you. Usually have a battery. I guess that's probably one of the rules, too, uh, that it has to have had a battery to qualify as a handheld. Um, but, you know, not all handhelds are made by Nintendo. Uh, and they all come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Uh, and we're going to talk about that today on this episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators, all about handhelds. Now, uh, I'll be the first to say that uh, I'm, I probably, I wouldn't say I'm as qualified as maybe you two are to talk on the subject. I've really only been the owner of three different handhelds in my life, uh, but I've gotten quite a bit of use uh, and uh, certainly know a lot about them and have seen them come and go throughout history. So uh, I've, I've got a few here on my list that we can talk about. And so maybe we'll do that. But uh, yeah, did want to go around and say uh, what your, your first handheld was and uh, if you still have it. Joe, I'm going to start with you, buddy. My first handheld was, man, it's a long time ago. It's basically, it was a, a football game, electronic football ah. that had like the dots. And you moved the dot. Basically, you had to move it from the left to the right. And you had to do that five times to get all the way down a football field and score a touchdown. I had that. I had the baseball one, the basketball one, but I played the football one the most. I remember I those. Sp- yeah. There were, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to call them video games, although technically they did have a battery. It's electronic gaming. But they're, they're yep. just this side of like little miniature parlor games. Um, yeah. yeah. I had one that I think was, uh, yeah, it was, it was Donkey Kong. Uh, but really, all it was was you know a a painting <laughs> like a, a stick on yep. of the Donkey Kong frame, um, and then there would just be these maybe five or six little pre-drawn black and white uh, of like Mario jumping over the girders, and there's Donkey Kong on yeah. top. So 
uh, you're less controlling the game and more just kind of like deciding which lights you're going to light up <laughs> any time. And if you use yeah. your imagination really hard, that's Mario jumping over that girder and bringing Donkey yeah. Kong down. But uh, yeah, that's that's that was my first one. But if you want to talk about real uh, handheld, um, I did have that original uh, Game Boy, the Nintendo Game Boy yeah. from 1989. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about later. Before we get on to that, uh, Jay, first handheld for you? Uh, first one I had actually wasn't a handheld. It was a wrist held, I guess <laughs> it was a, it was a watch. I am probably like a Casio or something mm-hmm. like that, but it, it had, uh, I think it had, it was f- either Frogger or like a Frogger knockoff. <laughs> but I, I remember it being, you know, you had this stuff I that go across the screen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was my first little one. So it was basically the same kind of technology, the, the yeah. little, Stick on on the screen yeah. and and the and the lights that would light up in certain places. Yeah, um, it was it was a long time before we uh, kind of reached handheld nirvana, which uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've quite uh, achieved yet, but uh, we're certainly closer to it. And really, the requirements are a battery that lasts more than two hours, and you know proper controls and games that actually feel like the games you were playing on your console, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we we had Game & Watch back in the day, which has made a comeback. Now you got your Game & Watch right nice. there. Which one is that? That's Ball. It's called Ball. Ball. Yeah. What, how do you ball. play Ball? You just juggle the ball. You you play the guy in the center, and you got to make sure you don't drop the ball and, like, add more balls to the screen. That's awesome. That you've got to juggle. But, yeah, totally got black and Mario, white. Super Mario Brothers yeah, one. Yeah, and that's the reissue from last year. Wow! Yes, nice. Look at that color. See, that's that's slick. I love it, man. And, and I'm looking forward to the Zelda ones coming out soon. That's right. I, know. I wanted to get that one too, but it was sold out. Of course, nobody's pre-ordered that. Oh, you you attempted to pre-order? Huh? I I attempted I to. Yeah. Joe, you got it. You got it coming. I'm a handheld whore. I love handheld. <laughs> you are. I think uh, it's safe to say between the three of us. Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Joe does much more handheld playing. Uh, than either oh, of yeah, us. Absolutely. Would you say you do more than fifty percent of your your gaming on a handheld oh, nowadays? Easily, easily. Uh, you know, just because I've got I've got Sarah, I've got the kids, and I don't want to monopolize the TV time. Yeah, uh, and so it's easier. It's easier to do handheld. And that is the great thing about being handheld, right? And there's something um, much more personal about it. Like uh, you know, all all the consoles I've I've always owned throughout the day, you're always playing with somebody else, or you're sharing it with something. You know, somebody else is watching your game if you're playing, yeah. if you're trading back and forth. At least that's how I grew up. Uh, having a handheld, like it's you in that screen, man, and you in those games. And some games are really great about taking advantage of that format yes. and kind of creating yes. this personal connection uh, in a way that eh, playing it on a big screen just doesn't do. You know mm-hmm. what, but like you were talking about, like, have we reached handheld Nirvana? And I think we're close to it. Mm. It's so funny because it wasn't that long ago that like developers still didn't quite get handheld. Like they yeah. felt like everything they were putting out had to be, you know, on the go gaming. Like you couldn't yes. do anything that was too yeah. engaging or or too immersive because you're playing it handheld. So you must be on your way somewhere. Yeah. So you don't have time to game. But for in all, you know, all reality. You're playing that in your bedroom. You're playing it on your couch. Mm-hmm. You have all the time in the world. It's actually one of the gripes I have about Crisis Core uh, that I'm mm-hmm. playing on the PSP right now is that it's all these weird, it's like mission based. The story is really light, 
but the gameplay it's all like these disconnected missions and it just it makes the game feel really stilted and like like you never really get that momentum going mm. well you know you brought up uh, the Sony PSP let's let's start with them cuz they've had a couple of uh, successes in in handheld uh yeah let's talk about that PSP it came out in 2005 uh and at the time so let's see this was around what PS2 had been out for a while, so we were mm-hmm. on the yeah. the cusp of the PS3. PS3. We were we were getting ready for the PS3 to come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as um, what usually happens is uh, the handhelds is always a couple of generations behind where home consoles are, uh, and I feel like the the goal is to squeeze whatever last generation's co- home console was down into handheld format, and that's yeah. kind of which has led us to where we are today, which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, this was kind of had the internals of a PS2 or a PS1. Yeah. It was, PS2. yeah, it was kind of somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. It was closer to PS2 than it was to PS1, but it was, it was definitely not quite, uh, not quite as powerful as a PS2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so Joe, you still own yours today. Is that the original that you've had or is it? I, um, I own two of them <laughs> and, uh, I had, uh, I, I had actually found them within the past couple of years. Uh, because yeah, no, my my old PSP was long gone. I had like, <laughs> I had, killed it. I got like, I had the, I was an early adopter of the original PSP. Then I got when they did the, uh, like the 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 download software only version. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, the PSP I was, Go, I think it was the PSP uh, Go. Yeah. I had that. It was a nice system too, uh, but I ended up getting this because Jay said they were easy to hack, so he could put like other <laughs> games and stuff in it. So I I ended up ordering one. One of my kids dropped the other PSP. Oh no! So oh no! It no, it no longer works. Oh man! So, uh, but I, but I guess it was serendipitous that I had another one. So, uh, yeah, this is the one that Jay had loaded a bunch of games on. I grabbed a bunch of games that I used to love on it, like um, what what was it called? The um, uh, Marvel uh, Rise of the Imperfects, which is a, kind mm. of a crappy fighter, but it's not bad for like a single player on the go kind of thing. All of the PSP games kind of share this like this. Ugly visuals. The visuals are <laughs> yes, not very good, right. but the, but the sound is outstanding. But one of the things that I really loved, and one of the things that made me adopt a PSP early, was the collection of movies that you could get on it. Oh, and that's right! That was, I forgot they did that because oh, I didn't. Right. I didn't have a laptop at the time. Like this is how I got to watch movies on the go. Was with this. So I had like Firefly. I had uh, like Kill Bill. I had a, a whole collection of movies for the PSP. Uh, and that was one of the things I loved about it. Like it played movies really well. They looked pretty good. The sound was outstanding. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a good system. It's a little clunky, but it's, it's, it's not bad. How did you get the movies on there? Like, did you pay for them and download them or you were UMD discs? You could get get, uh, downloads, but mostly it was a, a library of movies, disc library. That's what I thought. That's right. This was that proprietary format that Sony was trying to shove down everybody's throats. Uh, yeah. Before they kind of got on board, I was about to pull the UMD out of this thing, but I forgot that the game is still running. Uh-oh. I just have it in suspend <laughs> mode. Wow! So I'm like, I'm not going to pull that out right now. Be screwed. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I've got the the crow. I have Firefly. Mm. Like just films that I I could just kind of throw on as background noise. I, I've got them. I still have them for this. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I always uh, yeah. it always seemed like that was considered a failure, uh, but I don't know that. Yeah. 
I think so. I think it probably was. For the most part, it was a bit of a failure. I think Sony's, both of Sony, well, all three, because didn't they do the N-Gage too? Mm, that was Nokia. Uh, yeah, that, oh, was, that Nokia. was Nokia. Okay. So both of Sony's big attempts at like a handheld, I think, I think that they were failures. They could probably very comfortably be looked at as failures. In the sense um, that they didn't sell a lot of units, right? Because uh, yes. they were always overpriced. Yeah. I say overpriced, but you know, there's was, was a lot of technology they were squeezing in uh, to mm-hmm. these little handouts. So they, I don't. They probably weren't making uh, any money on them, selling them at a loss. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't think so. And even then, I love them. I enjoy them, but I just. I don't see there being a huge mass appeal for these two systems. Do you remember uh, what the the going rate was for one back in the day? The MSRP, as they say. I think for the I think for the uh, the original PSP was maybe a hundred and fifty to two hundred. Oh, if I remember was, correctly, I was thinking it was two hundred. Yeah. And then I think the Vita was the same. I think it was think, very close to the same thing. Yeah, I think Vita was two fifty, and the and the PSP was two hundred. And I I remember because you know the PSP was going up against the DS, which was like a hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And same thing with the the 3DS was, although the 3DS came out ridiculously high. I guess they were they were riding that that wave of <laughs> holy crap right. the DS did and so well they, so we can and then they <laughs> dramatically lowered the price and then yeah. apologized to early adopters of the system and gave <laughs> us like a bunch of free games. Yeah, did they really? Yeah, yes. yeah. They, like they within people... not even six months after it came out, they yeah. they dropped oh, the price by like a hundred bucks, and did you and gave them a bunch of free games? Did you get the game? Did you get the the 3ds that early, where you became an ambassador? No, no, I had uh, uh, because it, when it came out, it was that that expensive. I was like, holy shit, that's not worth two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah so, it's pretty steep. So Joel, I was I bought like the first G of it, and. Uh, yeah, I ended up getting an email like you are you are chosen to be part of the ambassador program. Uh, you're going to get uh, f- like ten free games, five games that are going to be eventually released to the public, mm. and five that won't be that Ooh. only ambassadors can get. Yeah, uh, and so I mean, it was a nice like <laughs> I'm sure a, those are quality nice games. They they were actually pretty they cool. Too I think, bad. Yeah, yeah. I think one of them was like Earthbound or something. Oh, they're like I we're never so. going to release this, and I was like, wow, why not? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was still waiting up until, like... <laughs> I mean, I'm still waiting for them to release Super Mario RPG on that thing. They gave us were pretty good, pretty decent. I still don't get justified the extra 100 bucks, but... No, no. Yeah, that's that's pretty steep. Uh, yeah, especially when when the home consoles are in that three to $400 range. Yeah, you can't, right. can't be too close before st- people start to think, oh, for $50 more, I'm going to yeah. get X amount more, but it's, it's not a handheld, it's not portable. You are always... Paying a little bit of premium for that uh, convenience and portability. That is, that is indeed true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A lot of companies learned that the hard way. One of them being Sega, uh, who I think had a couple of flops on their hand with the the Game Gear back in the day, and then uh, I think they tried their hand again with the was it the Nomad, the Sega Nomad. I believe uh, so. Yeah, yeah that's later right. on, and I don't think either one of those <laughs> had uh, <laughs> wide uh, adoption. The- and no, so I had completely Gear, forgot that Nomad existed. Yes. Yeah, I did too. I forgot about that as well. The, the Game Gear, I ended up buying a Game Gear for myself and for my little sister at one point huh. uh, and, and bought a bunch of games. And like the problem with the Game Gear was it looked good. Um, it was backlit. It was color. The battery lasted about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was like so huge. Like, you know how I showed you that Atari handheld (laughs) where the screen was kind of small, but the control area was big? Like, I feel like if I remember correctly, the Game Gear screen was about the same size. Like, and there was so much more going on that, like, you just couldn't keep track of the detail. The games were a little, like, if they stood still, they looked great. But if in motion, the games looked horrible. They were yeah, it was one of those like early, early LCD screens that was oh, real laggy, and you had yeah. a whole lot of ghosting and stuff from yes. any kind of movement. Oh yeah, man, exactly. man, we take for granted nowadays with the sharp, crisp LCDs we all have on our phones and in our our portables mm-hmm. nowadays. But yes, just getting images to look right on a technology mm-hmm. that was cheap enough to fit into the palm of your hand, you know, back yeah. in the early '90s was just. I mean, you know, yeah. We were not yet you, ready for portables in the 90s. Yeah. You got the new Switch that's going to be coming out with the LED screen. Yeah. That looks oh, freaking yeah. gorgeous. Oh, oh, LED, oh, man. Yeah. I have to say, though, I'm, I'm really disappointed that they that they that that's all they're doing for the Switch. Like, oh, right. There's no upgrade to any of the hardware other than you know a little bit bigger screen. I like that it's an OLED screen, and I like that they fixed the kickstand mm-hmm. thing. But other than that, it's like... Why is this justifying fifty dollars more than the regular Switch? Right, right. Eh, it's uh, because it's it's the new hotness. They've taken a page out of the Apple playbook. It's like we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. We're just going to slowly iterate. Uh, we'll add a couple of features, charge an extra fifty bucks for it, and uh, people will lap it up. I mean, yeah, the Switch was one of the biggest, hottest selling items throughout the pandemic in twenty twenty. Like you, you couldn't find one. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, why would they cannibalize their own market by uh, by making right. something so much better yeah. for the same price? Hey, so I want to go back to Sony for just a let's second do it. and talk about because we didn't talk about the Vita much. Yeah, let's do that. Um, other other than the fact that they were both kind of, I guess, quote unquote failures. But the Vita, I I'm, I need to mention like at some point, I don't know if it's still true. I don't know if there's still support, but at some point in the Vita e market. You could access like a crap ton of X, uh, of PlayStation One games, mm. uh, some classic PS One titles that I managed to get like downloaded onto my systems too. But like, it's really cool being able to go back. Like, I've got half of the the Final Fantasy collection on there. Uh, yeah. I've got like uh, 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 the Legacy of Kane Soul Reavers on this thing. Uh, I could go back and I could play That's Wild so Arms. Nice. I could play Legend of Dragoon. Like, there's so many great games that you can, like. If you tried to find physical copies of these games now, you would be paying an arm and a leg. But the mm-hmm. fact that like you could still up at one up to one point, I don't know if you still can, but you could access digital copies of these games for the Vita, and it's I mean it's a wonderful alternative, uh, especially if handheld gaming you don't mind sitting on a couch and just and not playing it on your TV, playing it in your hands if you don't mind that. I guess it's a great way. I recommend playing it that way instead of paying two hundred bucks for an old PS One copy of Legend of Dragoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that your uh, handheld of choice, Joe? When you do your handheld, are you mostly on Vita nowadays? I uh, well, because of the Final Fantasy thing, <laughs> I was on Vita a lot. Yeah, because I had the first half of the Final Fantasy games I have on there. I'm at the point now where once I finish Crisis Core. I'll go over to the Switch because I have 8, 9, and 10 on the Switch. Ah. Uh, so once I finish Crisis Core, I can jump back into you know the current generation. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you guys what, uh, what you f- feel like a, a good screen size is because, you know, uh, the Vita had like a 5-inch screen. I know Switch has 7 nowadays. Uh, some of these were as small as like 2.5-inch screens back in the day. But to me, there's a... 
personally, I find the Switch's screen a little big for a handheld. I understand that because of the way they're designing the games, they really can't be too much smaller because they're cramming, you know, 1080p's worth of info. Uh, you don't want to penalize the people who are playing a docked by, you know, uh, making games with huge sprites and, and, and big numbers and text uh, that look right. ridiculous yeah. on a TV screen. So there's kind of that happy medium. Um, I, I, I guess well, I'm, here's the thing hmm. I'll say about the Switch is the fact that, like, it's not designed s- just to be handheld. Yeah. Like, I think, I think if you look at the Switch versus the Switch Lite, I think the Switch Lite has a much more, uh, you know, manageable screen for a strictly handheld system. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, like, yeah. the way that the Switch originally was, was designed, yeah. it, is, it could be handheld, but you could also put it down, like, on a table. Right. And, and share people it with can your kind friend. of gather around it and play it. You could share it with your friends. So I think in that respect, the screen is great. It's not ideal for a just single-person handheld system. Yeah. I I honestly think that the Vita is probably the best screen-to-control ratio yeah. of any of the systems. I, I kind of have to agree with you. Seeing it in person, it's uh, and and maybe not for kids, but as an adult, like I need I need more room. I even on the 3ds XL, which is what I my, my most oh my recent God. handheld. Your hands kind of get cramped after a while, especially yes. trying to hit those yeah. shoulder buttons. Kind of feel like I'm doing this, and the, yeah. everything just needs a little more room to uh, to grow. I agree. Yeah. What about you? And that, that's that's one of the things that I, I I loved about the Switch being bigger because you know I, I've I've always all my handhelds have always been uh, Nintendo stuff. So it's ah. you know with the original Game Boy, of course at the time you know I had the tiny hands anyway. So the original <laughs> Game Boy was fine for that. And when the Game Boy Advance came out, that was perfect. Yes. But it didn't have the backlight. So then the SP comes out and it's like, all right, I'm going to get that because it's got the backlight. And I so regret selling off my original Game Boy Advance to get the SP because holy shit, that was a cramp, like a hand cramp. Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's that's the Vita. I mean, it's not doing much for people listening, but there's your area, the screen area and the control area for the Vita. And then the back is touchscreen as well. So you could use that for additional control. Show show us again, Uh, Joe. We'll take a little screen grab. Yeah, yeah, screenshot that. And then there's the PSP. The PSP isn't bad either. Control wise, kind of about yeah. the same size, and aren't like, they? Yeah, it's it's about. I mean, let me see. We can. Yeah, doing a side by side comparison. There we go. All right. Yeah, it's a little bit smaller. Little Noticeably bit smaller. smaller. Um, yeah, the footprint's not that much bigger though, considering yeah how much bigger of a screen the the Vita is. Yeah, I might have to pick one of those up used. Are they easy to find used? Which one, the Vita? Yeah, the Vita. Or the, or the PSP. The Vita's a little tough. It's a little tough to find. I'm sure you could find it. They probably have them at like half, uh, at uh, Movie Trading Company. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is the one that I've had forever. This is I've had this Vita since the beginning. I've had this Vita so long that like the uh, the barcode and the identification <laughs> stickers on the bottom have fallen have, off. Have rubbed off. Oh, my gosh. You do do a lot of handheld gaming. Yes, I do. Uh, that's funny. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've touched on Sony's handhelds. Uh, let's go ahead and jump back to Atari there, Joe, since uh, you had your... We'll, we'll, we'll do a little comparison of the old and the new. Uh, of course, back in 1991, I believe, um, Atari came out with the Lynx, which... Uh, right. Remember how earlier we were talking about <laughs> the technology not quite being ready? Not quite being there, uh, yeah. For what they were trying to do, which was, yeah, yeah like a... I, they were color, right? Was the Atari Lynx color? Yeah, it yeah. was color. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was a 16-bit system, right? Wasn't it? I believe so. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So it was it was kind of in that in that trying to compete with the uh like the Super Nintendo and the Genesis of the yeah. time. Again, not quite ready for that. <laughs> and handheld. Well, and, and then here we are today. What do you got there, Joe? This is the the Atari Blaze. This is the you can see how small the screen is and a huge right. play area, but that yeah, the screen is it's high, it it looks great. It's just super tiny. Yeah. But the thing is with like the Atari 2600 yeah. and 5200, the graphics didn't really, they don't really demand that you have a huge screen. No, right, yes. Right. Uh, my, I, my Apple Watch has a much higher resolution than uh, yeah. the Atari 2600 ever did. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to yeah. be able to see a Pong bouncing back and forth there, and you can. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, to what we were just saying, plenty of uh, a room there for your uh, kind of thumbs to spread out, right, across that faux wood paneling. <laughs> now the the rumor is that I can pair this. I don't know how yet. I haven't figured out. But I can pair that with the uh, uh, the the new Atari VCS that Sarah got me. For oh Christmas. yeah, yeah. So I'm I've been trying to figure out how to do that. I think I might have to actually like wire it up to it, so that way it recognizes it, and then I can uh, Bluetooth it. You know what? Atari always does uh, interesting things with their uh, their their hardware. You know, home consoles and their and their handhelds. Uh, mm-hmm. Always very ambitious. The problem with them is they never have the games. They never have the software no. to, to back it up. They can make all the hardware they want, but uh, they really need people. I mean, I, I speak of them as if they're still a contender right now. They're pretty much uh, taking a backseat to the yeah. industry. Not exactly. Lending yeah. their name to uh, various licenses, but uh, yeah, they're not right. a player. I am happily the owner of this new VCS. I, I yeah. can't tell you how happy I was <laughs> when I opened this thing up, when, when I saw that Sarah had got it, because I was going to back it, and then I couldn't. And the fact that, like, years later, and that she had been sitting on this secret for years, but, like, I almost cried opening this thing up. And, it, <laughs> and to be able to, like, to, to turn that thing on, and I get it. Like, it's not really the hardware that's playing the games, because it's all kind of a PC cloud system. Uh, and that's fine. Like I've seen videos of people playing like cyberpunk on the, uh, the new Atari VCS and that's, that's cool. I don't care. Like, it's just a really fun console, a cool, I, I would just almost call it like a, a media hub. Like I can, I can access all the things like I do on Xbox, but there's just something really fun about like the, uh, 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 the nostalgic feeling yeah. about firing up a, a, a an Atari system, and yeah. you know how every system has its own little like opening animation mm-hmm. or whatever. For this thing, it's the uh, it's like a couple of screens of asteroids uh, flying oh, across the screen, awesome. and the ship like firing at them, and then it does the Atari logo, and it's like, ah, oh, dude, nice. Like, this, oh, cool. I have no I have no illusions that this thing is going to take the place of a PS5 or a Series <laughs> X. It's not going to happen. But for someone like me. That like I kind of like these catered game experiences, like what Atari can offer with this. Hmm. Fucking love it. I know that's not what this podcast is about today, but I just if, <laughs> well, if I could give a little love to the new Atari VCS, I would yeah. do that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's all part of their uh, synergistic plan to <laughs> mm-hmm. conquer uh, home console and handhelds once again. Oh, Atari, we love them so. <laughs> I'm not sure why they're, anymore. They're, they're the, the what was it? The little engine that could. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I can. I think I can. There you I go. Can. You do you, Atari. <laughs> it's it's the little engine that did and almost crashed the entire industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the little engine that couldn't was SNK. <laughs> we'll go with SNK, Ooh. the makers of the Neo Geo, which uh, I mean, okay. So here's some guys. Uh, they they have a pretty good series of games. They got the King of Fighter games right around the time Street Fighter was big, uh, and that's that that's where the name Neo Geo kind of first came on my my radar. 
and then found out, oh, you can buy this home console, this Neo Geo, uh-huh. for well, like five, six hundred bucks. But the catch was, you're actually basically buying the internals of an arcade cabinet. Uh, just in mm-hmm. home console form. So there weren't these translations that, you know, when Capcom released Street Fighter 2 for the Super Nintendo, they had to go back and reprogram it and resize it for home TV screens. Uh, and uh, not so with SNK, just like a, a one for one. In fact, I believe the games were like 100 bucks, right? Um, yeah, the games were a lot. Yeah. Yeah, 100, 150 to 200 bucks, if I remember correctly. So, uh, yeah. But one of the interesting things was that, like, you could carry over some memory card to the arcade and found the Neo Geo machine, you could plug it in. That's right. Oh, yeah. I do remember hearing yeah. about that. I remember that, yeah. I yeah, mean, you can kind of continue your game. Why you would pay like another like 50 cents exactly. to right. do that is beyond me, but yeah. apparently kids did it. Uh, no, I don't think they did because that was a failure. <laughs> uh, much in the same way that their handhelds uh, were a failure. The Neo Geo Pockets uh, in 1999 and then uh, later in 2012 came out with something called the Neo Geo X, which I had not even heard of. Uh, I just looked, oh, no, found it on the Wikipedia page, uh, and yeah, that's SNK and the Neo Geo. That's their legacy. Wow. I do have to credit them though with the with the pocket and the pocket color because they they got the um, the Final Fantasy like Final Fantasy one through ah. uh, I think it was like one through six, um, but they they had them actually like remastered, uh, and that eventually came over to the PlayStation, but I I think it only came to the PlayStation because people were clamoring for it. You know, it was it was done in that in that graphic style mm. on the pocket color, but people wanted it like you know, wanted to see it on the big screen and, and relive that, you know, the original Final Fantasies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, even there it was a failure. Yeah. Like how you how you fuck up Final Fantasy. Right. Yeah. Oh, there are plenty of ways you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ask Square Enix. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that's all we need to say about SNK and their Neo Geo uh, Pocket and X. Uh, you know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was going to say because I'm trying to think of other companies that have done handhelds. Are we about to jump to Nintendo? I mean, we can. It's the elephant in the room. Well, we have not well, talked no. about. We're dancing around it. So let's go whole hog. I just. Well, no, I just kind of felt like before we jumped into Nintendo, because I think we're going to dedicate a lot of time to talking about Nintendo. Yes. I think something that we've been overlooking in this discussion, and we kind of touched on it a little bit early on, but like there was a boom of Tiger Electronics handheld <laughs> yeah, games. Yes. Yes. Back in the 90s, uh, the, the, uh, from the late 80s to the almost the late 90s, it was probably a good 10, 15 years of these Tiger Electronics games that like, they're cheesy. They're fun. I mean, there's some fun to be had there, but you had these games. You had clone companies that were making games similar to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got J1, a reissue of a Transformers game. Nice. That they had put yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, I got Harper, the uh, the reissue of uh, of The Little Mermaid. Got myself the X-Men one. But there's more. Like, they've reissued a whole bunch of these. Oh, yeah. I have a talking diehard electronic game. <laughs> of course that, you that do. That I, oh. I keep in my office drawer at work. But, like... These games gave you kind of like the that that and you had mentioned this earlier, Joel, like a, a kind of a, an illusion of control, but <laughs> yes. there really wasn't. It was just like these pre-drawn characters mm-hmm. that like you would move uh, and it would light up whatever that character was at that point. Yep. Um, but like for some people like myself who didn't get a Game Boy until way late in the me Game too. Boy cycle, me too. I was. A, I was very, my family was very late to helping me out with that. So all I had were these Tiger Electronics games, these 
it's cheapo. I call them cheapo, but I think they still cost my father like 20 bucks a pop. Yeah, 15, you know? 20 so bucks. It, it wasn't insignificant. And yeah, when you, when you just get the one game it with it. Shitty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was shitty. Yes, they were shitty. But, uh, man, that didn't stop from licensing. Look, there's a bunch of Disney games here. You can get Aladdin and Little Mermaid. Uh, I'm seeing a bunch of X-Men games here, so that's pretty penny. I've then- got a... Uh- I've got a, a WWF one or WWE, oh. uh, but it was it was WWF at the time. But I got this game back when I was like, I was eight, nine years old, and you're Hulk Hogan, and you're having to fight all these people to rescue Miss Elizabeth. This is around the time when the Mega Powers exploded at like SummerSlam '88. Uh, I don't and, know what any uh, of those words yeah. mean. Exactly, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm talking about stuff that you don't know. But uh, but no, like this, I loved this game. I played it all the di- all the time. I came back to it as an adult, and I was like. I don't know how this piece of shit kept my attention for so long <laughs> just because it was the only option I had. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing to me like to think the 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 plethora of games that we have now available to us and it's always like the backlog just ever growing, ever growing. We're never going to get through our backlog. But you know, back in the in the 80s and early 90s it was like you got like one maybe two games Maybe three if you were really lucky. Yeah, Oof. for the entire year. Yeah, 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 and that was like your entire year. So you made yeah. the most of that shit. Yes, enjoy uh, Gauntlet on a Tiger Electronics. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, I think they did that too. Th- yeah, that I'm looking shit. at it. I know I recognize yeah. this. I <laughs> didn't own it, but I know somebody who had that Gauntlet. Thanks, Tiger. Man. Oh, man. oh, yeah, good call. You know what? I really wish that someone would get the Tiger Electronics library. Like, oh, even yeah. though they're, they're shit games, but wouldn't it be kind of cool if, like, someone like like Nintendo licensed, like, a, a collection of the Tiger Electronics yeah. games yeah. and yeah. put them on the Switch? Like, that would be kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, the Switch yeah, it would screen... be great if it was only, like... All the games for like twenty bucks versus yeah twenty bucks a piece per yeah, game. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. like the Switch screen is big enough. It was actually it's actually bigger than these Tiger Electronic places. You could like include the art, uh, yeah, on yeah. The, the actual device itself, and that's kind of what you're you're paying for a little bit too. I'm seeing the Batman one. I forgot they made a Batman one, but uh, yes, yeah. the, the art surrounding <laughs> man. You want to talk about a, a crossover in video gaming? Remember when the art on the boxes of video games looked exponentially better than the video games themselves. Oh, then, oh my gosh. Sometime yes. here in the last 20 years, we have crisscrossed, where now I kind of feel like some manufacturers phone in the, the art, the, the box, box art, art. Yeah. Uh, but they're putting all their money into the games, and they look fantastic. I mean, you, you look at it, I mean, it, it. I think it started with like the Atari 2600. Some of the box art for those games oh, dude, are like outstanding yeah. because yeah. there wasn't much of a game. Like you really needed to use your imagination. <laughs> yeah. And then Nintendo was the same way. There were a lot of games, oh, yeah. that had, especially like Konami games. They had the mm-hmm. best box art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you had, I like, still remember that, that first Mega Man uh, Mega Man Castlevania like, had nothing to do with the, with the way that uh, yeah, the way that the actual game was, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Nintendo had the worst fucking box art in the NES era. Like they yes. really like all they're like it's an action game. And they had like the yes. little logo on the bottom. They were really yep. concerned with their marketing terms and how they were. They wanted to make sure that when you lined them all up, there was a, a, a cohesive pattern. But yeah, you're right. Forty percent of the front of the box art of those old Nintendo games is just a, like a block of color. And then they yeah. reserved just this this panel up top for it's not even it's like the actual graphics from the game. It's the pixelated versions of Link and uh, Samus Aran. Right. And, uh, but here's the thing: like you have posters of it up on your wall. <laughs> yes, I we do. We have 
coasters. We have drink coasters of it on our on our uh, uh-huh. on our furniture. Like there's something. It's like it's like Steve from Blues Clues returning. Where like you see that art, even though it's a little crappy, you see that art and it's like home. And you're just yes. like, oh, I remember yes. you. Chewy. You're wonderful. We're home. Yes. We're home. <laughs> That's um, that nostalgia kicking in. Yeah, it sure is. Well, this whole uh, podcast and uh, definitely this episode is about nostalgia. And we're about to dive straight in because, uh, yes, I think it's time to address uh, the dominant uh, the force king. in the, the handheld. And that's yes. Nintendo, obviously. Um, they, were, they weren't the first out of the gate, but uh, when that Game Boy dropped, 89, um, I was jealous right off the top. Even though, looking back on it, it had a handful of... Of, of, of good games, but even those games, like the, you know, it was monochromatic, right? Black and white, yeah. or, or green and yellow. Not, yeah, not backlit, kind of green and black. Not backlit, yeah, not exactly. Backlit. So yeah, you got to play in sunlight. Uh, yeah. And uh, this thing is chunky. It is huge. Uh, what kind of devil spawn would create this system that isn't backlit but still has a contrast control? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. What's the point? <laughs> like, yes. Do you want to make this harder to see, or even <laughs> harder to see? <laughs> but they had Tetris. That's mm-hmm. all you needed. It was, and for yeah, me, was... for the longest time, when I got my used one, like you, Joe, years afterwards, uh, it was my Tetris machine. And uh, yeah, goddamn, you really don't need any other game on that don't, original Game re- Boy. Not until like Pokemon came out, I think, is mm-hmm. when you suddenly had another game that was moving those Game Boy systems. And uh, and like it it is it has been a staple of Nintendo handheld for every generation mm-hmm. since then. Oh yeah, um, and every generation of Nintendo's handhelds, you know, despite their faults, have all pretty much been home runs. Yeah, Game Boy Advance SP, the you know the 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 DS, the the DS Lite, the 3DS, like every one of those systems has been just a monster. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Have they really even had a a fault? I'm trying to think of where they stumbled. Um, the the Virtual Boy, well, yeah, okay. Virtual Boy well, was a stumble. <laughs> that, that, for sure, that is a for sure. yeah, literally a, a handheld, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but not yeah. not as we know them. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really count that because that wasn't really portable, right? You couldn't really. It still it had, was. Was it you, portable? Was it battery could. powered? Yeah, there was a battery pack for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think by default it wasn't, but it, they did have a they did have a battery pack that you could get uh, accessory for it and. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if they ever officially released a strap for it, but I do remember some third parties oh, yeah. coming out with a strap to to put it on your head. Other, otherwise, you had to, you had to hold, hold it. it up there. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. their shitty uh, the 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 um the VR the Labo, yeah, thing. the Labo <laughs> yeah. VR. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Really, you didn't come up with a strap for this thing still? <laughs> yeah. Well, there is one. You just have to fashion it out of cardboard. You have to make it exactly. out of <laughs> right. string. I'll tell you, man, that Labo thing is creative. It's fun, uh-huh. but it really was like kind of a. It was kind of a waste of money. Let me it was tell you a how, little bit of a how sa- little mine bit of a is. Scam. I still have mine in the box in the closet. Like I got it, I was excited about it. Like one weekend, we're gonna put this together, and that was 2018, I believe. Yeah, I think that was what four years ago. Yeah, but someday we will, and that'll be the best weekend we ever have. With the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yes. So, um, what was the next iteration of that? Was it the Game Boy Color? It was no, the Game Boy had, Color. It was the Game no, Boy Pocket. Yes, Pocket, and then there was the uh, Color. And the Pocket yeah. and Micro were just smaller versions of basically smaller the original versions, Game Boy. Right? And they actually went to um, uh, like LCD, like proper LCD screens with those. The the first one, I forget what 
what it was actually called. It wasn't, it was, it was an LCD technology, but it wasn't LCD as we know it. Yeah. And that's why it was green and all ugly and shit. But the, (laughs) when the pocket came out, it actually was LCD. So it was black and white the way that it, the way that it should have been from the beginning. (laughs) That's what we call an advancement back in the day. Yeah. Yellow and green to black and white. I say it was like dot matrix or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like our printers back in the day. Long. Yes, yeah. So we had the That's Game Boy. It said on the Game Boy. It said dot matrix. It on did, it. didn't mm-hmm. it? There you go. Good memory. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, what came next? Was it the the, the Game Boy Advance? Or we get the color next. I should pull this up on Wikipedia. I think it was yeah, the color the... before the before the Advance came out. It was correct. The... Yeah. And I, I want to say the color came out only like a year or so before the Advance came out. So people. I remember a lot of people were like, mm-hmm. "What the hell? I just bought the I just bought this <laughs> this one color, and now you've got another one, and, and this one's like a Super Nintendo in my hands. What the hell?" Oh yes. Now, anybody own any of this generation? Oh yeah. On our panel, yeah, yeah you had it. Of you course. Had it. Yeah. Of course. Somewhere in a closet, I've got the um, you know, that clamshell of the Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah. The little yes. the little flip. I, no, that was yeah. that was the DS. That, that was, was the uh, no, no. There was no. There the, was, it was like a the Advance SP. That's what oh, it was SP, called. The Advance SP. Yeah, which I loved. I thought that was like the perfect form factor. Like for me, that's when like that iteration of Game Boy kind of like blossomed into a beautiful butterfly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. it even has uh, two wings. If you do this with the hinge, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Color. That was that was the one that I was I was talking about earlier. That I was I was so uh, disappointed and. and and a shame that I sold my original Game Boy Advance to get the SP because by that time my hands were much bigger yes. than they were when, <laughs> when I was playing the, uh, the original Game Boy yeah. in that form factor. And it's like, now my hands are like super cramped because they're <laughs> right here together. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely smaller. It looked cool. You I'm were a Sasquatch and I can't play video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's definitely one of the handhelds that you didn't want to play for more than a couple of hours. Like you yeah. know, you, and, and I think the games that were released on it were kind of reflective for that. Now, maybe they had some longer. Well, what was RPGs. great about the SP mm-hmm. was that you could play the old Game Boy games yes. and the advanced ones on there. Yep, backwards yep. compatible. Yep. We haven't had that in a while. Um, and yeah, just the, 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 that was as small and as sleek as... And, and as beautiful as, as they can make it. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, those things were, like, what, 100 bucks? I just remember those, like, flying yeah, up. Everybody yeah. had one yeah. of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're expensive for the time. You think uh-huh. so? Was it, is $100 expensive for the time? For the time? Yeah. For the time, so. yeah. For it was, a, it was yeah. a little bit. Because right. yeah. I, I want to say, like, the, the original Advance was only, like, what, like 75 or 80 bucks? 75 bucks. Yeah, Game Boy yeah. Advance was 75 Wow. Yeah. All right, maybe they're a little cheaper then. Yeah, I guess so because the original Game Boy was like a hundred bucks, wasn't it? And and the mm, NES was, was two hundred. We went to didn't we go to like Toys R Us and like the day it came out, we just like went to Toys R Us to go get the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Uh we each picked like a different color. We were like, What color are you gonna get? Yeah. What color are you gonna get? <laughs> what color uh, did you get? I think I got like the purple. ice blue or something like that. He mm-hmm. got the purple one. Yeah. Yep, I got the purple one. Because they didn't have a black one. They didn't make a black yeah. one. So and they didn't yeah. have the, 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 the atomic purple at the time, the that clear mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the clear see through purple. I think we got like two or three games each. I got like Dodgeball and the Castlevania game. Yeah. Uh I can't remember what you got, Jay, but then like I think it was the yeah. same day or the day after we took those and waited in line to meet Bruce Campbell at Barnes and Noble. Yep. <laughs> yep. And we played the shit out of it. We played the <laughs> shit out of it. 
I realize what is it with Nintendo and purple? Come to think of it, because yeah, I'm looking at this Game Boy Advance. That was the color they were pushing. They had a version of the GameCube around the mm-hmm. same time. That was the same, and uh, all and re- 64 reaches back do. to 64 even had that. And then of course yep. Super Nintendo. That's when they introduced those purples. Yep. Probably it's probably a primary. All they're probably all the primary colors that this piece of plastic that these molds come in, mm-hmm. and that's 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 it. It's the cheapest material, the you're, cheapest one. You're probably right. Sam. You know, you're probably right, yeah. <laughs> you're probably spot on with that. <laughs> uh, so we had the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy SP, uh, but uh, things really took a turn for the better, I think, um, and I think history has shown, when uh, in 2004... Nintendo released the Nintendo DS, which I remember seeing for the first time, and I needed I needed to be sold on it a little more. Like I was not into the, well, it's got a touch screen, and it's got a, I have to have a stylus, and I have to look Dude. at two different screens. This seems like a horrible and idea. You had to play around with that thing, Sorry. like that was you know talking with Mark about the uh, the Zelda games, the um, Phantom Hourglass yep. and Spirit Track. Mm-hmm. Those were DS games. And uh, and like the the stylus and all that stuff, like that's what they were making you use that shit mm-hmm. to control stuff. You can just use the buttons. Uh, yeah. I'm glad they've wised up to that kind of stuff now in recent games. But forcing you to use these like yeah. different con- pr- pr- proprietary controls has been like my big gripe about Nintendo over the yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like I think it started with the DS too, because that yeah. You know, until that came out, it was all pretty standard controls. Mm-hmm. So they were they were experimenting with these things. So they wanted to push those, and I get that they want to do that, but at least put the option in to use because I mean, you still have a regular controller sitting in your hand here. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the option to to use that. It really got frustrating on the Wii. Like there were there were games. Oh, yeah. like the like New Super Mario Brothers on the Wii. All these games that you had, it was like you could either be with the with the the Wii remote itself, the Wii remote, the nunchuck, the classic controller, the GameCube controller, yeah. the Mario Kart wheel. Yeah, yeah. The Mario yeah. Kart wheel. <laughs> but then you get to this one, and it's like no, no, no. You only have the option to use the Wii remote on its side as like a old school NES style controller yeah. with the two buttons yeah. and the directions. That's like, right. Really? Come on. Like, let me just use the. the the classic controller. Uh huh. So a positive thing about that mm-hmm. was like, if you were a big Pokemon player, and I ended up doing this for Jay for like a birthday or for Christmas or something, where um, I ended up getting like all the. So I had um, a Pokemon game for the for the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting like these legendary, like all these legendary Pokemon, and then trading Best. them to a version of Pokemon on the Game Boy Advance. And then with the DS, because that was backwards compatible too, like the first generation mm-hmm. of the DS, you could play GBA games on it, and you could do the DS games. Mm. So I would trade a like a Pokemon from G1 from the Game Boy to the Game Boy Advance, then to a DS copy <laughs> of Pokemon, and yes. then from the DS, you could trade it to the 3DS version. Uh, so that way you could get, because there's some stuff that you have never been able to go back and get. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting Jay a game that was completely loaded with like a bunch of yes. these old school, like nice. maxed incredible. out Pokemon from first generation. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely incredible too. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Awesome. Just take some time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they a little were, bit. 
Nintendo's never been known for uh, making it easy on you uh, when you're trying to transfer info or or even just play with your friends online. Like, yeah, <laughs> we mm-hmm. all know our friend codes, right? They were, and they were the last. I think they were the last ones of like Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I think Nintendo was the the biggest holdout on like. Just give people a username. Yes. Let please. them create their own username and then yeah. just share it with each other. Like I think still on the Switch you have to give people your friend code. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They have I mean they have made it easier in terms of uh, you can you can search like your Facebook friends or you Facebook can search friends, if you yeah. had Wii friends or 3DS friends. Um you can search those, but for the most part yeah, you still if you if you've never been friends on another system before, you're not Facebook friends. You still got the code. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, didn't matter because uh, it made for a great single player console, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, some of my favorite uh, handheld games, like the aforementioned uh, New Super Mario Brothers, I believe made its debut on the uh, Nintendo yeah. DS right before making its way to to home consoles. Uh, two sequels mm-hmm. or, or or two two games uh, got a sequel a few years later. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the sequel was on the 3DS. I don't think the sequel was on the. Oh, DS, interesting. Yeah. They didn't. Uh, it wasn't compatible. All right. Well, I stand corrected then. Yeah. Kind of ahead of myself. But um, I remember Brain Age being a big yes. seller of this console. Right? Wasn't that when the the craze, the Brain Age craze? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the yeah, point, I played the shit out of Brain Age. <laughs> I too. did too. I, I kind of oh, feel God. like it had a, a pretty good sell uh, rate along with the DS for a while. Yeah, I, absolutely. Absolutely. I everybody that I knew that had a DS had Brain Age. Yeah. And I remember there was so many like knockoff clone versions of Brain oh, Age sure. that it was they were just trying to cash in on that on that craze. But I do appreciate Nintendo for doing that. They've always done that with their consoles is, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they're for games, yeah, but they're for fun, but they're also like a lifestyle thing. Like, you know, yeah. you can, we have exercise games. We have Labo. We do all mm-hmm. sorts of things with uh, electronic gaming. Uh, it doesn't all just have to be yeah. Platformers and Metroidvanias. Although, yeah. to be fair, there's a shit ton of platformers and Metroidvanias on uh, Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. And I had that sexy little uh, white clamshell one that they came out with. Uh, yeah, I think the a few DS Lite. The DS Lite, yeah. that's what it was. Uh, I love that yes. one. I still got that one. Um, I still remember going, like, the day that I picked that one up, um, I went and uh, had figured out, like, somebody had figured out how to hack the original uh, DS that came out, mm-hmm. and so when the when the DS Lite came out, somebody got an advanced version of it. Uh, you know that it came out like a, a week or so before, mm-hmm. and discovered it had the same flaw. So all you had to do was do the exact same thing, and you could you could hack it and run ROMs, run Ooh. emulators, run Homebrew on it. It was great. You know, I never did that. Um, maybe if I can find that find the box. That's holding that mm-hmm. DS, uh, breathe new life into it. Assuming the battery still runs on it. You know what's nuts? Yeah. Like my my DS Lite that I have has been sitting in a drawer for the better part of ten years. Oh, and oh my I I want to say it was like a year or so ago. I was going through my drawers and stuff, and I yeah, and I found it in there, and I was like, huh? And I, I flipped the power button on. And the motherfucker <laughs> still boots up. Oh my god, that's crazy! I'm like, are you shitting me? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember ever 
I was always done playing before the battery on that thing ran out. I don't remember it ever mm-hmm. getting to a point where it's like, oh, I got to save my game because of the batteries running. Yeah, that thing had a, yeah. a monster battery. I wish I could say the same for my 3DS XL. does not have the Although, same advantage. Yeah. Although it, it does have a much longer battery than that is like true. the Switch. You know? That is true. I remember that was the big complaint with the Switch. Like Everybody was like, oh, it's only two hours? Two to, two to what was it, like two to six and a half hours or something like that? It's like, yeah. <sighs> My 3DS could go for like six and a half hours easily. It's yes, like, but Breath of the Wild is not on your 3DS. Really, exactly. No. It's exactly, and it's like, do you really play for like six and a half hours at a stretch? Well, no, I don't know, not. Joe. It's, Joe, unless, might. unless you're flying overseas, uh, yeah. no. Even even I can't manage six and a half hours in one stretch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and if I'm going to, I'm going to be doing it next to a plug, anyways. So I'll just plug it in. There you go. Plug it in. Plug it in. Uh, all right. Well, we kind of mentioned uh, the the three. Yeah. So let's talk about the sequels then to the uh, DS. We had the DS Lite, which of course was just like a uh, a, a sleeker, sexier version of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, uh, yeah, the three DS. Well, you had the DS XL as well. Well, yeah. did, did that come out next? The larger version. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Had, they yeah. did was, have a larger was size. Wasn't there another iteration that was like kind of like how the new. 3ds was where it oh, had Jesus. upgraded hardware and stuff and there was just a couple of games that were exclusive to it i mean that uh, seems like something yes. they would have done yeah. yeah uh it was the um oh the new nintendo ds Lite. yeah right right it was it was something it was like the dsi or something like that that was it yeah ah, dsi there you that go was it. where it was just like yep. uh cpu was a little yeah a little better a little graphics chip a little better um yeah i think it had I think it, it it had like a different kind of wireless capability. Like it introduced mm-hmm. a different wireless connection, mm. and or you know f- five gigahertz instead of two point four. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even think it was at five gigahertz at that point. <laughs> yeah, still. That I think it was like, still two point four. I think you're probably right. Yeah, it's ambitious yeah. for whatever two thousand ten. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the big uh, iteration I remember was uh, when they introduced three D to their handheld. Still got the mm-hmm. same two screens. Still got pretty much the same form factor. I guess in two different sizes at that point. Well, the, yeah. and the fact that they were able to introduce 3D without glasses yes. was was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about this technology before, but this is the, really kind of the first time there was a, a consumer product that was mainstream enough. Um, and yeah, they were all in on the 3D, much in the same way that uh, they were forcing you to use that stylus. They were really kind of mm-hmm. pushing developers to to utilize to make all of their games 3D compatible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't mind it. I mean, I'm also someone who owned a 3D TV at one point. Oh, yeah? uh, I thought I thought it was cool. I thought there was a level of immersion that it really like offered up. I thought that their augmented reality games too were kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I liked the 3DS. I know the 3DS. It was a slow starter though. Like people were kind yeah, of yeah. out on it for a while. And and I think a lot of it too was because when it came out, it was so expensive. Yeah. That it really turned people off. It's like, no, that's way too much for a handheld system. And yeah. 3D was kind of the fad then, right? Like you said, Joe, or yeah. showing up in TVs. I can I can yeah. still remember the articles from uh, the early aughts that were just like, 3D is the next big thing in 10 years. Everyone's going to have 3D, 3D everywhere. And um, yeah. it hasn't quite turned out to be the case. But yeah, not quite. Um, uh, uh, one of the few places where I feel like it was semi-successful was, yeah, the Nintendo 3DS. Um, mm-hmm. Because it did, yeah. like you said, Joe, didn't require any glasses, mm-hmm. and most importantly, you could turn it off if you didn't want yes. it. Uh, and I don't yeah. know about you guys, but I always play with my 3D turned off. Do you uh, keep it on? 
the low setup? I, it depends on the game. That yeah, it depends on the game, and I would always kind of alternate. Like I would, I would usually play a little bit with it on mm-hmm. just to to get the experience and to see it. But then it would start to it would get annoying because if you weren't in the exact position yes. that you needed to be, it would be off, and so I'd, I just turned it off at that point. I do like that they they kind of fix that with the new 3ds to where it can mm-hmm. kind of follow your face and oh, it follows your eye movement. It follows yeah. your eye movement around. Oh, yeah. interesting. And that way it readjusts the, the 3D effect so that you can look at it from other angles so you don't have to be in the exact position. Oh. Yeah. So, I didn't yeah. know it did that because, yeah, that was my main complaint. And and, and, and overall complaint I have with handhelds, uh, as much as I enjoy them, th- they're moving because your hands are yeah. moving. Because you're, yes. especially if you're, uh, you know, feverishly playing a, an intense game, you're kind of mashing the buttons and the screen yeah. moves along with your hands. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, you add 3D to the mix, uh, okay. and I would I would get a little disoriented before I now I, I'm with you. I would play it for a handful of games, one of them being that Super Mario 3D Land, because yeah. you kind of had to. Like yeah. there, there were some levels yeah, in that game cool. where the camera's like overhead and you're jumping down, and you really gotta yeah. have that depth perception. <laughs> Boy, uh, let me tell you. Oh, Joe's got a story. <laughs> if, if you no, I'm just saying. Like, if you've been listening to our podcast over the past year, mm. you remember when Super Mario 3D World was re-released. Oh man! Uh, I decided I was going to go back and replay 3D Land. That's right. And I, I 100%ed the shit out of that game, wow. and wouldn't have been able to do it without the 3D effect on. Yeah. Like it was just, it was too hard to try to mm. to time and measure those jumps. Yep. Yeah. It was still rumors when 3D World was going to be coming out. I was hoping that they would bundle in 3D Land with it, you know, to get the whole experience. But uh, you know, going back and playing it, kind of like you know, kind of like Joe was talking about, there there are times where you have to have the 3D on. So I don't know how they would have translated that into the into a a, into a non 3D console. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not to the game. Like on the one hand, hey. Uh, mission accomplished. You made, yeah. made a 3D console and then uh, a, a game that requires that effect in order to play it properly. But the downside is, right. yeah, without it, um, yeah. it's much more difficult. It's just pure luck at that it's point. It's definitely a very, it's very subjective yeah. on whether or not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I love that system, even though um, not a, I usually play with 3D off. But, uh, yes, my current, what is it, new Nintendo 3DS XL. I think that's the entire time. Yeah. Uh, we, we haven't we haven't even touched on the 2DS. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's so funny that they, yeah, and so many people hated it. I don't know. Actually, I don't, it's not that that so many people didn't need it, didn't require it. That they figured they could shave fifty bucks off the price of it and just just make a 2D XL. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny that they uh, they worked the name into the you know the branding into the name. Like yeah, you, you usually yeah. Uh, you know you only only add stuff when it's an enhancement. But from going to 3D to 2D to them was an enhancement. Right. Well, what I found really interesting about the 2DS is that, like, it was in the clamshell. It was just a straight piece of equipment with the yeah. two screens. Yeah, yeah. And they really marketed it for, like, this is the one for the kids. You know, this is, yeah. it, it's it's simple. It doesn't have a, it doesn't have the weak little, the, the hinge that yeah. constantly breaks, you know, just by looking at it wrong. Um, <laughs> And it was it was a more sturdy system for yeah, but you know, kids I get, if they I if they like to drop it or whatever. 
I feel like that's six and one half dozen in the other. Yeah, like, I agree. As, as like with kids, wouldn't you prefer they be able to close it to protect the screen? Exactly. exactly in, right. Instead right. of keeping the screens completely forward yeah. facing all the time. Yeah. Right. That did right. seem like an odd choice. It's pretty ugly. Well, especially if, I mean, if the kids were going to be shoving it in their pockets and things like that. Then it's <laughs> kind what of kid can that thing shoved in a pocket? That thing is no, it's not the, yeah, in I can't even fit it in my yeah. back pocket. Yeah. yeah. That requires a case and a strap. Or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, but th- but the, finally they did make a two D XL, right? That uh, is yeah, clamshell based. The actual clamshell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's the best handheld Nintendo ever made, unless of course we're counting the Nintendo Switch. That's right. It's oh, not a console. Yeah. It's not a handheld. It's a merging of the two. Uh, it's yep. the hottest selling thing. Nintendo's new. I, I so I guess. They're just not going to do dedicated handhelds anymore. I mean, unless you consider the Switch Lite. No, I think this is it. Yeah. I think yeah. This... I think they've. I think they've kind of finally found their. They cracked the code. Yeah, yeah. like this is <laughs> where they actualized because it, you know because it can be done as a as a home console if you want to put it up on the TV, but. It's primarily designed if you're, you know, on the go and as a handheld, and that's what their strengths are. Nintendo has reached the point now where their home console and their handheld consoles are just as equally powerful as each other. Same, yeah. Like that's like, and that's why I said like earlier in the podcast, like I think we have kind of reached handheld nirvana when I can play something that looks just as good as on like the Xbox or the you know PlayStation. Uh. And I mean, no, look, it's not as dramatic a difference as right. it used to be right you know now playing playing something on this for the for the most part like i am not going to put like cyberpunk up against WarioWare. like <laughs> one is definitely going to look way better than the other yeah. but i am going to say like as far as nintendo goes like comparing a game boy game to the super nintendo was it was miles apart but yeah. now like if i'm going to play like you know, something on the Switch, on the on the console, like if I want to hook it up to the TV, I can still play that same game handheld, too. Yeah. Like That's mm-hmm. kind of an exciting concept. They've got The Witcher 3 on uh, Switch, for Christ's sake. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Saints Row. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, the they've, Bioshock they've been, Trilogy. Yep. That's right. They have absolutely been pulling off some miracles with this system. <laughs> like, like, how the hell does this work on this system? Yeah. And they're never going to look as good as dedicated hardware that's the size of, you know, the PS5. Uh, but, you not. know, of Nintendo's not. not playing that game. They haven't been playing that game for a while. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, but a part of me is, like you said, Joe, uh, glad that we've, we've reached this, this point where, uh, you know, the two worlds have melded. Uh, developers only have to make one game. They don't have to make two games for two systems. We don't have this fracturing. But there's still a little part of me that kind of wishes... There were this dedicated little handheld system that they were just making these games for, um, yeah. that that's the screen and the graphics were sized for, that they were meant to be, you know, kind of um, smaller, you know, single serving games as opposed to these, you know, 30, 40 hour uh, masterpieces. Right. right. I don't know. And I, I think that, I think that a large part of that goes back to the developers, though. Like, there, there are some developers that, are still making those games, mm-hmm. like making those little the little bite-sized kind of games yeah. for it. But for the most part, like some of the, the I guess what they call double-A developers or, or yeah. uh, second-party developers, things like that, they they kind of dropped uh, the, the handheld games and went straight into, okay, we're going to do the big experiences now because we can. 
instead of being, you know, instead of stepping back for a bit and saying, but people loved those handheld experiences because, <laughs> yes. you know, that was the whole point of carrying around a handheld system. We're competing now with a market with, like, with phone apps. You know, you've got yeah. AppWords, you've got those games now on, like, the the Apple platform. Yeah. I think that they just kind of want to leave that with them. Like, I, I feel like if you start fighting that battle, you're fighting a battle on two fronts. And yeah. that's a good way to lose. No, that's a good point. Yeah, mobiles are the that new handhelds. Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that is a good point. Yeah, and... let let the Candy Crushes and the Flappy Birds let them uh, make their yeah. their sales two dollars at a time. We're Nintendo. Exactly. Ours are fifty nine ninety nine. And I think this is smart because, as I used to tell Jay all the time, especially in like the the era of like the Wii, I really felt like Nintendo as a like a a big like console player. Mm-hmm. You know, between Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo, I always like I kept feeling like. Nintendo's a little out of their league now. I think they're mm-hmm. a little out of their league. And I think they've made some leaps and bounds, especially in the Switch era, by like kind of upping their game, no pun intended, yeah. uh, with with like putting out these games, like The Witcher, having that yeah. on a Nintendo system. That's a huge leap. But they're never going to be able to really compete in that landscape because yeah. Microsoft and Sony, they're just always going to look a little better. Yeah. But what they can do is they can play their game the right. best that can be yes. done. Like, And they've, yeah. they've proven that they are the best when it comes to the handheld market. You know, games that you could take on the go. They have revolutionized that. And what they've done is now they've given you the chance to play those games, those developed, the, the games that they're developing and the games that they're kind of overseeing the development of, mm-hmm. And they're allowing you to play it on a console, play it on your TV if you want. But mm-hmm. they are, I think if you really look at Nintendo right now, they are strictly handheld. And, yeah. and, wow. and they're owning they're owning that market. Yeah. 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 And as long as they always have uh, Mario and Donkey Kong and Zelda and those properties, like mm-hmm. the, the, those gamers are going to go where those games are being made. And that's going to yes. be on yes. Nintendo systems, handheld or not. Uh, all right. Well, that's our Absolutely. handheld episode. Do we have any uh, honorable mentions before we wrap up this handheld episode? Well, of, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kick us off, Jay. What do you got? Uh, well, I've got two. Um, there is, and I mean, there's a plethora of them out there, but there are they're these little, uh, I guess they're Android-based usually. Sometimes yep. they're they're their own uh, operating system that's built into them, but they're they're just little handheld systems that are essentially built for emulation mm-hmm. and you can just load up anything from Atari on up to like usually PlayStation 1 and wow. and be able to play all these all these games you just have thousands of them like you load it up like with a a terabyte or a 512 gigabyte however much you want a little SD card mm-hmm. and just load that thing down with thousands and thousands of games. And it's great. I had one. Um, I still have it actually. It's uh, the GPD XD, which was basically a 3DS, uh, oh. like 3DS XL size. It had the clamshell and everything. It was just a single screen though, not, not the dual screen, but it was great. Like it, it played everything up to, like I said, up to, up to PS1. But because it was also Android, you also had access to the Android game markets that you could you could play if you wanted. Uh, I had a um, that AM2R the the Metroid Two oh, yeah. uh, fan remake that was done. Uh, somebody that had access to the source code, they actually made an Android version of it, so I could play it on the on the little GPD. Um, 
so yeah, those, those are, those are fantastic. Uh, and then of course we have the upcoming steam deck. Steam deck. Yes. That, uh, I'm really excited about this one. <laughs> I know you are really excited. Yeah. We, we did a little deeper dive on that in a couple episodes ago, uh, where Jay was telling us all about his hopes and dreams coming true, uh, and, and finally getting one pre-ordered, right? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's, it's locked in and, uh, it's expected to be quarter one of 2022. Mm-hmm. So nice. I'm not going to be on the first wave, but we'll, we'll be on the. I, I think Joe had the same, the quarter one 2022 as well. Yeah, I got yeah. the the like the lowest version. Yeah, the base. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I got the base version. Like, I I I had so many talks with Jay. He was like my my counselor. I was like, look, man, like I'm just gonna get the base version <laughs> of this thing. And if I can upgrade, like, if I want to upgrade it to, like, a higher thing, like, I can this, just upgrade yeah. this thing, right? And, and he was like, yeah, of course you can. I was like, cool, then I'm good. There let you me go. Just, yeah. Let me just get this thing, you know, yeah. at the base level first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm super excited about it, too. Just, if I could play Star Wars The Old Republic on the go, I'm happy. Ooh, I am a happy yeah. camper, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although, uh, you know, we talked earlier about uh, battery life and how that can be mm-hmm. kind of a, a harbinger for uh, consoles. I'm curious to see what the battery life on that thing is. It looks like kind of a power hug. They're, well, they're, and, but the thing yeah. is, if it's a cloud-based system, it's not going to be drawing so many resources like from itself. Like, And so that's kind of cool. It, it, it may have a longer battery life than we realize. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they say it's uh, two to eight hours is what they're, what they're <laughs> estimating. That's kind of a hell of a, of, of a range. Well, and it does. It, 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 it greatly depends on on what game you're playing. Like if you're playing Cyberpunk or The Witcher, mm-hmm. you know, three on that, then you're probably only going to get like two hours. But they yeah. said, you know, games like Portal Two was like four and a half hours. Um, they said if you're doing if you're doing streaming, uh, whether it's cloud based streaming or streaming from another computer with the uh, like the Steam Link is built into it, um, then you'll get the full eight hours on that. <laughs> So. Yeah, I'm thinking like you know something like like uh, Portal. Yeah, they preload the levels so that it won't be quite as bad. But Cyberpunk, forget about like it. Thirty minutes. You'll get thirty yeah. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> as it's like consistently and <laughs> constantly rendering itself. <laughs> I've got one honorable mention. Okay. Uh, it's a a system that I've uh, I've crowdfunded. I I backed. I guess is the term. Uh, it's called the Ardu Boy. Oh uh, and yeah. It, it, it works off of Arduino. Uh, and you know, loading games onto this thing is a little convoluted, but it's a cool system. Like what I, what sold me on it was like, I liked the guy who was selling it, like his project, this guy Mm -hmm. named Tyler Bates. Uh, I liked the way that he communicated what his product was, what he wanted it to be. Uh, he was always over communicating like the production schedules and stuff and like where they were. Uh, but yeah, it it was advertised as like credit card sized gaming. It's a game system the size of a credit card it's a little thicker obviously than a credit card mm, sure. but it, it looked like a very mini mini game boy yep. that like fit right in the palm of your hand uh i know jay probably hates the thing because the controls <laughs> it's so small his it is his, his sasquatch really hands yeah. can't can't get around it but uh i love it i love the thing i think the games are really like the, this is where you're playing some bite-sized games there's it's mm-hmm. not there's not enough memory for anything to be too significant but like I've backed like two different versions of this product and have loved every one that I've received. Yeah. In fact, I've like gotten extra ones to give them as gifts to people. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, I, I found the one that you gave me. Me uh, too. <laughs> like, uh, I guess like a month ago, I think I found it finally. And uh, again, going back in and cleaning out like drawers and shit. Yes. And I, I yeah, found it. I lost like, in a drawer. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, I remember this thing, and I, I I played it. I played it for a good you know good couple of uh, couple hours. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I remember it being pretty small though, but impressive yeah. that um, they could cram all that into this uh, this little tiny credit card mm-hmm. thing. What a world we live yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my, my honorable mentions uh, are actually two products that haven't even come out yet. Uh, we've got uh, the recently announced Playdate, which I think you heard about. Mm-hmm. Um, uses a black and white display, but uh, really cool looking <laughs> design. Totally poo pooed on. I was like, this thing looks kind of interesting. <laughs> it does. I mean, I I love the concept. I love. Me too. It. I do. I just don't love the price. It's expensive for yeah. what it is. It's super expensive. It did yeah. seem pretty expensive, and and that goes for uh, my other honorable mention, which I am a little more excited about. Uh, a company called Analog. Uh, and that, you may have heard me talk about it recently on this podcast yes. because I picked up yes. the uh, Super NT, which is their uh, remake of the Super Nintendo uh, that cost just as much as the original Super Nintendo did when it came out. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, it actually plays the cartridges, you know, so all your I have a collection of old SNES games. You can plug right in there, uh, but you can also sideload stuff on it. It has a little SD card, so it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, and works with the old hardware. If you have your original Super Nintendo controllers, you can just plug it right in. Uh, well, they've got a product coming out called uh, the Analog Pocket, which is basically the same concept, uh, just applied to Nintendo handhelds. It plays um, yeah, Game, Boy. Game Boy games. I'm going to look it up again. It plays... I think it does up to Game Boy Advance, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I want to say it even plays like TurboGrafx-16 Game games. Neo Geo. Atari. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, dude, that's nice. that's cool, man. Yeah, where is it? Uh, yeah, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, uh, Neo Geo Pocket, Atari Lynx, and more. So a lot of the uh, yeah. consoles that we're talking about that maybe never owned back in the day or and didn't want to, uh, this would be an opportunity to play those games. Yeah, th- these guys make some great hardware. Uh, again, this is looks like an old Game Boy, uh, except we've got a sixteen by nine screen. It's color. Uh, we have four buttons now instead of just the two. It's got- it has adapters for each of the games that oh, you want yeah. to play. Oh, this is cool, man! And you could, oh my gosh, you could also use it as like a a, a sound uh, like composer. Yeah, yeah, for like MIDI. What? That's cool. Yeah, you can create MIDI's. Nice. But yeah, these these oh, guys awesome. make great hardware, and they've got some guys doing the software to make sure everything's compatible. That, that's their big thing. Is like they they want you to be able to enjoy the original games. Uh, you know the, the games you still have the physicality, so they they go out of their links to make sure that the the hardware is emulating the original hardware, you know, and not so much. In Bro, software. and they've got you could dock this thing and play it on your TV. On TV, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. little uh, HDMI cable along there. Yeah. So uh, good luck getting one though. Um, it was supposed to come out earlier this year, uh, but I think you know everyone's backed up because of COVID and uh, probably yep. that big tanker. Uh, they got stuck in the uh, canal in South America Ugh. a few months back. If you remember that, so hardware shortage is yeah. everywhere. So it's a little backed up. Uh, it is still technically two hundred dollars pre-order. Oh yeah, a little expensive, but I mean, when you consider what you're getting and uh, the technology in it, um, yeah, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, yeah, but you're having to buy everything a la carte. It looks like you get the, yeah. the system. Then, yeah. if you want to get a dock for the TV, that's another hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, it's it, definitely the, for people who have each a of the adapters is thirty dollars. Yeah. yeah. Definitely for for people who have amassed a, a catalog, a library of these old cartridges yeah. lying around and, and yeah. want to revisit them. They're all about that kind of retro life. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're lucky enough, to, it says out of stock. Notify me when in stock. Uh, it was going to ship in May and now shipping uh, October. So just a month away. We'll see if that actually happens. 
man you yeah. know check them out. as as another honorable mention uh kind of in the in a, in a similar vein although it doesn't play the you know the original hardware cartridges um but you know like raspberry pi the, the, the little little tiny computers that you can that you can do um they have a version kind of like the 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 little Arju boy where it's just a really tiny little credit card size it's called the raspberry pi zero and there is a company called uh, uh retro flag and they make the uh, the NES cases and the Super NES cases that look like you know look like the little mini console versions of them mm-hmm. that you can put the Raspberry Pis in, but they made one that's a Game Boy style um, for the for the Raspberry Pi Zero, ah. and I mean it looks exactly like a, a Game Boy. I guess basically a Game Boy Pocket. It's about that size as a Game Boy Pocket, um, but it has you know four buttons on it instead of instead of just two. Mm-hmm. And it even has little back triggers too, so that oh, can, nice, yeah, yeah. And uh, it has the the actual uh, Pi, the the computer itself fits in a cartridge, so you can take the cartridge in and out. Uh, and so if you like the the little Pi zeros are only like five bucks, so you can load them up with games, and you can have like however many of them you want, and just swap out the cartridges for them. Uh, uh, it's, it's a pretty little, pretty brilliant little system. That's awesome, man. Man, thank God for the Raspberry Pi. Like, so many uses. Um, it's not the intended uses, I think, that the creators had for that hardware, but uh, <laughs> thank God they made it. Us gamers are, are reaping the benefits. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Well, there's our big uh, extravaganza talking about video game handhelds and portables uh, throughout history. Some of our we favorites. Did we did it. We yeah, did it. We, we did have, it, guys. We have now reached enlightenment. That's right. Uh, <laughs> or if you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more like it, uh, go to 16bitgladiators.com. We've got links to subscribe there, links to our social networks on Facebook. Of course, we have a Facebook page, 16-Bit Gladiators there. And as I mentioned, Twitter, you can follow us there, at 16-Bit Gladiators on Twitter. Uh, all right. Next week, uh, it's funny that we're talking about handhelds and we're talking about the Game Boy and uh, talking about games like Tetris. Uh, kind of catapulting the Game Boy into popularity because uh, that is going to be the topic of uh, next week's episode when we talk about puzzle games. That's right. There's a bunch of puzzle games, uh, not just starting with the handhelds, but also onto uh, consoles as well. So tune in next week to hear us talk about uh, puzzle games on the 60 Mic Gladiators. Okay. Jay, thank you again for joining us, man. Absolutely, sir. Thank you. And Joe, love having you on, talking a little bit of PSP Vita. I combine those two, PS, PS Vita and PSP. PS, PS Vita. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We'll see you next week for another episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Ah. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.